So we've been looking the last couple of weeks, as we always do at the start of the year, on our, as we always do for the last two years, of our, of our vision series. And the main things that we've looked at so far, sort of like the what that we're really focused on as a church, so that whole thing of renewal, praying for God's presence to be manifest in every single life beginning with us, uh, focused on discipleship, so doing everything we can in terms of the culture of our church to make it easy for someone to orientate their life around Jesus, learning to be with him, learning to become like him and to do what he would do in their world. Uh, and we're focused on mission, helping people walk into wholeness and discover the good news of Jesus through servant-hearted ministries. Um, and how we do this may change, uh, but so far the sort of how uh, looks like a, a big focus on prayer for renewal in the Bay, uh, which is going to be happening tonight at Terry's, and we're just consistent about that and have been for a while now. Uh, discipleship tools and home churches and accountability groups for discipleship. Uh, and things like uh, parenting courses, uh, budgeting courses, and our Raising Hope ministry through the Manawa Order Trust to really try and serve this community. Um, so we've kind of got the what and we've kind of got the how in terms of doing it. What I want to do as we finish this series is I want to talk about the Holy Spirit because um, we have some clarity about what, some plans around how, but the power of the church is actually found in the empowering and uh, filling of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Like that's the, that's the key, because the, otherwise we've got great programs and we may have a whole lot of passion, and, but at the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit that is, the, that is like the source of power for us as a community. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, everything changes, and I want to talk about that today, and I actually want to finish this morning by inviting everyone to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, and uh, to give the opportunity for anyone that would like to receive prayer just to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit uh, to receive that. But I also have a kind of ulterior motive as well in preaching on the Holy Spirit this, this morning because I'm really aware that the last 18 months have taken a lot out of many people, you know, and a number of us are feeling hurt and pain um, and, and we're in varying degrees in terms of how much we've processed the impact of the season, especially because we're still in the thick of it. Um, and I know that people have gone through uh, lots of changes and job pressures, people have lost their jobs, we've had the lockdowns. Um, and many people have had losses and grief. It's been hard. And in the midst of all of that, like as I've been saying all along, it's like we've got to ask what is God's invitation through all of the challenges that we're going through? And as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, man, you've got two options. You can either just go, I need more of you so much. I, I cannot do this without you. Or you can choose to harden your heart a little bit and try and dig deep and that normally means distancing yourself a bit from the faith community and from our church and stuff. And we've seen, sadly, some of that happen. And all that, you know, where it's like we just kind of isolate ourselves and try and do things in our own strength. But I'm like, man, I think actually we're getting to this point of just such fresh dependence on God, which I think is so beautiful. And I'm there as a pastor, you know. I've, been, I've studied theology. I've done everything you could do in terms of like learning the stuff. And it's like, mate, the stuff doesn't work. It's the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. That's what we need. It's not about clever ideas or clever programs. It's about a people that love God and are, 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 their hearts are wide open to the fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit so that we could receive power and life from on high, but also healing. Holy Spirit's the comforter. And many of us need that right now. Often I feel like... Um, when, certainly when it comes to church planting and everything and just being a pastor in general, 
Um, it feels like trying to light a fire. You know, like when you go camping or whatever, or you get a bonfire going, you've got to blow on the thing to get it going. And, I'm, you know, you just like, sometimes it's like, you know, my kids will, will go down and they're like trying to, you know, they're trying, trying to teach them how to, I don't know, be a Boy Scout or whatever. And it's like, you know, here's, you know, you can light the fire and all this sort of stuff. We'll just, you know, just do it quickly before mum comes down to the beach or whatever. And, you know, okay, go for it, mate. Here's the lighter, you know. <laughs> and then they, they light the fire and then they, you know, and it's like, you know, their little breath and it's just like sputtering along. You know, <laughs> and then, you know, then I, I get behind them, you know, and I'm like, and it's like, and then the fire lights up. And then they look at me, eh? you know, and you're just like, oh, mate, look at you, you know, amazing, amazing. And it's like, I feel like that, you know, a little bit as the church where it's like we have our vision and we have our dreams and all that sort of stuff. And they're like a little bonfire that we're trying to light ourselves and we blow and stuff. And then it's like, it's actually the Holy Spirit comes in behind us. You know, and if you've been a pastor that's been around for a while, you recognize that. When I was in my 20s, it was probably like, oh, look how good my fire is, you know, and it's like the Holy Spirit's looking at the Father, you know. And it's like now I'm like, no, nah, this is all, all glory to Him. Like anything we have going on that's healthy and life giving and beautiful in our church is not because of the pastor, it's because the Holy Spirit is at work in this place. Hallelujah. And so we need the Holy Spirit. So I want to look at. Uh, the you know the classic passage is Acts, 20, Acts chapter two. I want to look at actually John twenty, which complements Acts two beautifully. But I love the tenderness and the intimacy uh, in John twenty. Jesus has been resurrected, and he comes to his disciples, and he says, "Peace be with you." I just picture Jesus standing in front of us this morning, with all that you're carrying, with all that's going on in our world right now. And just looking at you with, with absolute tenderness and love and just saying, peace be with you. My peace. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, John here and what Jesus is doing is actually deliberately alluding to creation when God breathed into Adam. And he came alive. But for Jesus in this moment, this is the recreation. This is coming alive in a whole new way. I'm not sure how you picture uh, that, that moment in Genesis, but it was not God from a distance breathing in a funnel from many miles away into Adam. This is like the kiss of life. This is, again, it's intimacy. It was the breath of life. It was an act of love. It was an act of intimacy. And so for God to give us his Holy Spirit, actually it's this thing of intimacy. And so Jesus was referring to that when he breathed on his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And yes, the Holy Spirit's given so that they would be sent. He's like, I'm sending you. So we were filled with the Holy Spirit so that we have power to be witnesses. And uh, every time you talk about the Holy Spirit, we need to remind each other that the Greek used uh, in terms of like the, the um, tenses used in the Greek are not a one-off. So it's not like be filled with the Holy Spirit, like, you know, go get your ears pierced. You're probably only going to do it once or twice. It's like, you know, no, it's like it's the present continuous. So be filled now and continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what I would ask us as a church to do as we go into this year is to actually make that part of our devos where it's like every morning we pray, Holy Spirit, would you fill me so that I can be your witness today? Because we leak <laughs> when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We're a bucket filled with holes when it comes to the Holy Spirit. 
I mean, I just know that. This is why I am very passionate about our devotional life. It's because I know what it feels like before my Devo and after my Devo. I'm a totally different person after I've done my Devos. Particularly, I just feel His presence. Sometimes I have to wait for a while. You know, I'm like, where are you? I'm not, you know, I'm not moving until I, I've got to know you're here. I need your spirit to be filling me afresh with your power and with your life so that when I get into a tricky spot today, I don't, Sam's not responding, the goodness of God's responding, the nature of God's responding to that little moment, you know. I fail at that all the time, just for the record. But I, I, we need the Holy Spirit daily to, to, be, to have the power to witness. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit to grow the fruit of the life of Jesus within us. Again, this is the love, joy, and peace that we talk about all the time. So as the Holy Spirit fill me so that I would be a living, fruity person. <laughs> I'd be filled with, that, filled with love, filled with joy, filled with peace. I mean, everyone loves people filled with love, filled with joy, filled with peace. They're, they're the most favorite people we are, like hanging out with. Role of the Holy Spirit is transform us from glory to glory, from glory to glory, year in, year out, year in, year out, so that you become a more fruity person, filled with that love, that joy, that peace. The Holy Spirit is given to us to remind us of the things that Jesus said to us and to bring it to life. The Holy Spirit's given to release the gifts of the Spirit that we would operate in the same way that Jesus did in things of prophecy and healing and discernment. So you've got all this stuff, and, we, and we're going to maybe explore this and need to talk to our team, but you know, we may look at the Holy Spirit for a little while. But, but the greatest reason that the Holy Spirit is given is just to reveal Jesus. <laughs> is to reveal Jesus, to reveal the Father. That's what the Holy Spirit loves to do. And it's what God loves to see happen, that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're like, oh, that's what you're like. It's What I love about, the, and this is why it's so important, that we gather every week to do church, but one of the most fun parts of my job is I get to do all the work beforehand to have the revelation and to, like, oh, yeah, that's right, you're amazing, God. And then I get to speak for a few minutes on a Sunday. And the best part about my job is I love being in a room with a bunch of people like you where I can feel people like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what he's like. And that's, and again, Sam's good preaching. That's the Holy Spirit revealing to you how good he is, how merciful he is, how kind he is. Supremely, it's revealing how loved you are by God. It's a, holy, it's a revelation of the Holy Spirit. And I could tell you times in my life where it's just been like, like, oh my gosh, that's who you are. And the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon me and it's brought such deep healing because I've remembered what God's like and his thoughts towards me. It's the difference between knowing about God and really knowing Him. You know, uh, I'm married to Jen, um, and I could, you know, if you hadn't met Jen, I could tell you about Jen. You know, she's an amazing woman. She's deep, very deep person. She's passionate about fitness, which I'm not. Uh, you know, she loves to eat healthily, which again, there's a few number of areas in our marriage we're not quite compatible. Um, she loves a laugh. She feels things very deeply. She's generous. She's beautiful. She's very compassionate. Uh, so I could tell you all the stuff about Jen, but it's a different thing from, from me and Nan here, her mother, we know Jen. <laughs> we really know Jen. And this is what the Holy Spirit loves doing with God. He just like, it's like, oh, that's who you really are. The Holy Spirit reveals that. One of the things about this, and, and I want to give some space for us just to pray for each other this morning, but often we can think, you know, the Holy Spirit's not for me because I've just messed up too much. 
I've just messed up too much. I'm not good enough. Um, just like Peter, who messed up just before Jesus went to the cross. He messed up. He betrayed Jesus three times. Or maybe you're like, I just don't have the faith or I'm filled with doubts. Maybe over the last 18 months, you've been left wondering, what do I believe? And you're just like Thomas, who throughout the Gospels, we see had some big questions and wrestled with some stuff. Or maybe you feel disappointed with Jesus. Why did why has all this stuff happened? Why has it happened to me? And, and that's like Simon the Zealot, who had all these ideas about what Jesus was going to be like, or what the Messiah was going to be like. And, uh, and he thought that the Messiah was going to come and overthrow through violent force the oppressive Roman regime, and yet Jesus comes and it's far more subversive and far deeper than that. Peter and Thomas and Simon are all standing there as Jesus looks at them and says, Peace be with you. Now be filled with the Holy Spirit. With all their humanity, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't deserve it. The Holy Spirit is never poured out on the basis that we deserve it. The Holy Spirit's poured out because of the goodness and the grace and the compassion and the mercy of God. Probably my, my scripture of the year so far, which is uh, really um, messing me up a bit, is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, we have this treasure in clay, clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. I have never resonated with the scripture more than I have at the moment in the last year or so, right? I'm like, man, I have been perplexed. I felt a bit crushed. You know, I felt a little persecuted, if I'm really honest, you know? All that stuff, and I'm like, but I'm not destroyed. I'm not driven to despair because God has put His power in a jar of clay. And, uh, and it's, extraordinary, it's an extraordinary power from Him. And in the sense, there's a lot of death going on for many of us where it's like our pride's been stripped away and our egos have been stripped away and all sorts of things we've relied on have revealed themselves to not be the true source of life. But when we start doing that journey with intentionality and some depth, we discover afresh the life of Jesus, which is what Paul is saying there, that the life of Jesus may be more and more, and more visible in our bodies as we walk with Him. This week, if I'm super honest, I really hit the wall. Um, I just felt, I just, I have felt overwhelmed. You know, the changes to the red light thing have, have been stressful and I felt overwhelmed and just exhausted. And one of the tricky things about my wiring is, um, is that I feel things really deeply. So on one hand, I'm a leader and the buck stops with me when it comes to Bay Vineyard. So I have to make decisions. I'm used to that role. Um, and uh, at the moment, we need strong leadership and I'm trying to give that to our church. But I'm actually just this big giant softy, you know, and my heart's always been super sensitive. And I was talking to someone about that this week and said, that's why, you're, why you should be a pastor. Like, you know, the minute that that's not there, you should probably call it a day when it comes to pastoring because I'm here to care for, to pastor people, to love people and their union with, like to cheer people on towards healing through union with God. That's a good job description of a pastor. So I felt, I felt, Deep in, in the last year and a bit, as we've tried to navigate everything, it's like I've felt all the feelings, man. And so this week, I just I don't know what it was. I just I was just spent. 
I hit the wall, um, was, felt like I was wading through mud. I wasn't sleeping well. I felt really overwhelmed, and which is annoying because I'm like, you know, cause it's like, okay, so I've still got to write a talk and I've still got to, you know, make some calls here and commute. I've got to do all the stuff still. But I just, you know, you know, you guys know what this feels like. You know, you know, we just, I just don't have the gas in the tank today to do the jobs I've just got to do. And just the littlest job feels completely overwhelming, you know. So I was on that sort of space. So I rang a whole bunch of people on Thursday. Um, I rang Beth, who's, who's on our board, real spiritual leader in our church. And she, um, so I love Beth and Paul, you know, just like every now and then you need Beth just to shake and bake over you, you know. It's like, all right, in Jesus' name, we lift you, you know. And I'm like, I just was lying on my bed. I receive it, I receive it. And, uh, and I rang my mum and dad like any good boy does. Mum, dad, just feel a bit struggling this week, you know. And because uh, it's not just, it's not church stuff. I hope everyone's not reading into this little church. There's other stuff going on for our family and other stuff that it really, it's causing me some grief. So don't freak out. Um, it's just normal life stuff, right? So I rang mum and dad and they minister and pray for me and all that sort of thing. Uh, I rang our national director. I, just got, I was like, this again, if, can I encourage you, if you're struggling, you've got to reach out, right? We all say that. But it's like, you don't feel like doing it, but just do it. So I'm just, I rang up a bunch of people. I got vulnerable and I was like, I'm struggling. I need you to, I need to pray for me, encourage me. I need some ministry. So they, all, they did that. Didn't move the meter too much in the moment, but it all led up to Thursday night. Thursday night, I'm like, just randomly just trying to think about what I'm to speak on and just feeling a little concerned because Sunday's getting here. And I've got this lovely friend of mine in the United Kingdom called Mike Pilavachi. We're catching up in a couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and, um, and I just listened to one. I saw he had a 15-minute 15, 15 talk on the Holy Spirit. I was like, I can do 15 minutes. And because it's Mike and I trust him, my guard was Oh, like my, my thing was off when it comes to discernment radar. I just trust him. And he just talked about the Holy Spirit. And I pretty much regurgitated his talk this morning. Because <laughs> what happened is he did this talk, and then the Holy Spirit just filled me. It was just like, like just the water, like the streams of living water into my soul. And so Jim was downstairs with some friends, having, you know, having a giggle and whatever. And I'm just sitting upstairs crying. <laughs> The Holy Spirit just fills me. It just filled me afresh. I was like, oh. And Jen came up about nine o'clock. And I was just in the kitchen. She walked up. I don't know what I was doing. I, just, well, I was walking to the kitchen, probably get some chips or something, crackers and cheese or whatever. <laughs> Holy Spirit and some comfort food. And it's like, uh, and, she, and she just saw, and she, she literally just stopped. And she was like, you look completely different. What's happened? Now you know something. <laughs> you know something's going on when, like, unprovoked. I mean, she had just she had pretty much been peeling me off the couch, and you know, flat as a pancake all week. Holy Spirit came and just breathed life into me and spoke to me about who I am, about how loved I am, and all the things that people may think of me through this season doesn't matter because of what He thinks about me, and it just healed me. It was just like, oh. This is it. And then it was like, this is why in the past we haven't done the session when it comes to our vision. Done all the other bits. But I'm like, guys, I'm weak. And you're weak. And as a church, we're weak. But as treasure is put in weak vessels, 
Like actually, that seems to be where he leans. That seems in terms of scripture, kind of where he's drawn. There's unlikely broken people who don't think that there's, you know, a lot going on in terms of gifting and all the rest of it. He seems to love that. And he seems to love pouring out his spirit in least likelies. And perhaps, perhaps the church has needed to be humbled. Perhaps the church has needed to get more dependent, not on methodology and on flashing lights and on great sound systems, but on the Holy Spirit afresh, where we're just dependent on Him. And maybe it's not just about the anointed man of God, but it's about the anointed people of God. Because actually that's terrible theology. In the Old Testament, indeed it was an anointed man of God or woman of God who would get filled with the Spirit and lead people into new places. But guess who the anointed men and women of God are in the New Testament? It's you. I'm looking at them. That's the change in the church. Is that it's, it's all of us committed to that ongoing journey of being constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it turns out His power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. My, again, all of these scriptures, right? Whole nother dimension for me now in terms of experience. My grace is sufficient for you. For power is made perfect in weakness. My power. So I will boast all the gladly, more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore I am content with weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. The reality for me as a pastor right now is I don't have much strength to take some more hills, you know. Um, so I'm going to embrace my weakness in this season and let God do His thing. I, can't, I can preach my guts out and I know I can do a good job at vision casting, but I can't make a vision come to life. Only God can do that. So I've got to let it go and do my bit and ask you to do your bit. And all he's asking us to do is to be obedient and to be faithful and to embrace our cross and to follow him so that we'll discover new life. And he's asking us to have the humility to say, I need you. I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I need you to come in, especially if you're carrying pain, that God wants to come to that place and reveal the love of God in that place especially when we don't feel near Him. He wants to come and fill us with His Holy Spirit afresh. Uh, we, we often want to go and do this stuff, but it all comes from sitting at His feet and letting Jesus minister to us. That's where this whole thing begins. And so this morning as we finish, I would love to invite um, us to, um, uh, to say, yes, Lord, that's us, and to say, I, I, I need that. I don't know how you're feeling as we begin the year, um, but I'm like, we need this as a church. And I need to talk to our team, um, but I'm wondering whether we just talk about the Holy Spirit for a while and just minister to one another and just let Him refresh us and renew us and let just the power of God, and, and like have fresh revelation of the power and the gifts and the goodness of God and just normalise ministry, normalise praying for one another, normalise just growing confidence in our capacity to be filled and to bless others, to be a conduit of the love and the goodness of God together. So let's stand together um, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. And I'm aware, um, I'm aware that um, when it comes to um, doing ministry, um, that we have to be a little bit careful and wise at the moment around how, how we do that. Uh, and so I want to give a couple of options 
Um, Amelia, actually, we might, um, yeah, we might just have some worship happening in the background because it's just a lovely way of us continuing to draw near to the Lord. But, um, so what I'd love to do is to give you a couple of options this morning. Firstly, uh, I want to invite our leadership team and, uh, and Beth and, um, and any of our home church leaders. They want to, uh, only if you feel like the Lord's wanting you to do this this morning, but to stand up the front, I've got some anointing oil here that will stick over here, and you'll need a mask up and all that. But, um, and just to come, and for some of us, I think the Lord just wants to anoint us afresh. And there's nothing magic about being anointed with oil. We do a little sign of the cross on your forehead, but it's, it's a symbol of the, of the Holy Spirit. It's like the oil just drips down uh, in the Old Testament. We see people getting anointed with oil. And it's the picture of, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves doing is just, being, is just poured down upon you. And so uh, some of us this morning, I just think um, would be, it would be a good and humble and right thing to do just to come to some of our elders uh, and just to receive just an anointing. And they're just going to pray. And the prayer we're just going to pray for everyone this morning is come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fill this person afresh with your spirit, with your life, the breath of God.